You're listening to the Photographer's Story Podcast. I'm your host, Hark Najjar, and joining me is international photography business coach, Bernie Griffiths, as my co-host. Well, welcome, everybody, uh, to another great episode of Photographer Stories Podcast. How are you doing, Bernie? We've got uh, Tony Rawson from uh, Melbourne, Australia, joining us today. Bernie, how are things out there? Uh, good, uh, Hark. Good to be on another podcast with you. Uh, I think we've got a very special guest again today. Uh, it's someone that I've known for a few years. Uh, a photographer extraordinaire, has an amazing uh, career. Uh, welcome, Tony. Thank you, Bernie, and thank you, Hark. Nice to be with you. Yeah, great, great to have you on board, Tony. And this is all about photographers' stories. I know you've got a million stories because you've told me, but I want to start just by telling our listeners that uh, a couple of interesting things about you. One, you're a pastor, as in a pastor. Uh-huh. And, and you can tell us about that in a sec. And secondly, you fly a plane. So uh-huh. maybe we start there. Tell us a little bit about that. About which one? The pastor thing or the plane thing? The pastor, the plane, and the photographer. Well, I became a Christian in my final years of high school. Uh, people say, what do you mean became a Christian? I gave a personal invitation for Christ to come in to my life uh, at a Billy Graham crusade. Now, Billy Graham, many people don't know who he is today, but he was a very uh, well-known 20th century uh, preacher from America. He went all around the world. Anyway, I committed my life to Christ. I had a, a life-changing inward experience, which showed me that it was actually real. It wasn't a fantasy. And I've continued on that line for over 50 years now. And um, I started my career in radio. I was going to be uh, the world's greatest uh, rocky jockey, disc jockey, <laughs> and uh, wasn't very interested in work at school. I was more interested in the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And uh, that was going to be my career path. And so I started that when I left school and, um, I started in country radio. You can't start in the city. You start on the bottom rung, just like you do in photography. You can't start at the top. You start at the bottom. And uh, I got the sack a couple of years into my career at the second station I was at. The boss and I didn't get on very well. And anyway, very unfairly sacked. You know that. was officially for sleeping and for their breakfast session. You were a a perfect child, I gather. I was a perfect child. And uh, I felt that I felt that I had uh, a call from God to leave that and uh, I thought enter the ministry and uh, but I've and I had to earn a living so that's when I started photography it wasn't because I loved cameras or f-stops or anything it was I needed to earn a living and I'm still doing that over uh, 47 years later I'm still doing that, still enjoying it. And I'm a visiting speaker in churches. I don't pastor a church. Uh, Like uh, last week, I was in a church in Melbourne. Uh, This coming Sunday, I'm flying to Sydney to speak at a church there. Uh, I travel extensively when COVID allows me to, to India, Sri Lanka, Nepal, or Nepal, as they call it there. I've been to the subcontinent about 15 times. I love it. And uh, our business supports a, a charity there called Vision Rescue. Um, so, and uh, I, I started to fly in country 
Australia because the town that I lived in had about 8,000 people and I just literally didn't have the population base to do enough photo shoots every week. We ran out of people, so I had to start to travel. So I thought, what will I do when I turn 30? I, I'll do something special. I thought, I oh, know, I'll learn how to fly. So I went out to the local aerodrome there and learned on little planes. And once you've got a pilot's license, every pilot knows this, he wants his own plane. And eventually I got my own aircraft. I own a, an aeroplane now. So I use that in ministry a little bit, and I also use it in photography. So I, I do both. So with a with a plane, you know, you're, you're in a small country area. So uh, and now, if you want to do a shoot uh, outside of the area, you just hop in your plane and go fly yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I did and, a series. I did a series outside the home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not really. Not outside <laughs> the home. I have done that in isolated places. <laughs> right. Uh, but normally, there's I choose a country town that's got its own airstrip, and. Um, uh, I fly to the airstrip and, and get somebody to pick me up and go down to the local river with my camera. And I do mostly outdoor photography, as you'd know, Bernie. I... Yep. Yeah, yep. Which, uh, which aircraft are you uh, flying these days, uh, Tony? Uh, the aircraft I own is a Piper Arrow. Piper if you know Arrow. What nice. Piper yeah. Arrow. It's a four-seater yeah. uh, propeller, single prop. Uh, the, it's got a 200-horsepower motor, which is quite large for a single. And uh, the wheel's... Go up. The wheels are retractable, so it's got a bit more speed. So it's it's a basic aeroplane, but it's got a few bells and whistles on it. Now, with a guy like you in the bush, uh, you'd be uh, flying some sort of a beaver or something, uh, or the dual seater uh, beaver. Um, just basically land outside of uh, the the front door of your client. So yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> That's great. Um, so how how long have you been uh, shooting photography now? Then uh, well, I started in nineteen seventy four. No, 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 I needed a job. I, um, when I got the sack from that radio station, I got it. I felt I was meant to stay in the area, so I did. I got a job as a travelling salesman going around farms, selling agricultural and veterinary stuff. It was a farming area. <coughs> Excuse me. I did that for a couple of years. I went, then I went to a Bible college in Melbourne for a year. Then I, I went back to that same church to help out the pastor there to be the, his associate. And... Uh, I needed a job and I knew of a, a friend of mine worked for a, an Adelaide studio who um, sent people around knocking on doors. And uh, that's how I started knocking on. They said, this is your area. They gave me a map. These are your towns. Uh, they gave me some, they gave me a Yashica flip top camera. You know, the, you look, you peer down the top of it and yeah. with the twin lenses, uh, some rolls of Ilford black and white film, um, some appointment cards and a, a tripod and a flash unit. Yep. And I went banging on doors. And I think the first uh, day I went door knocking, I booked up 14 appointments, which is pretty good. That yeah, was in the days good. when it was, it was pretty good. All the women were at home. It was a free sitting and uh, done in black and white and then hand colored and even back in 74, I think colour paper wasn't stable enough to really do much stuff with then. And uh, they were still hand colouring. That's how I started. So did you have some experience in photography or uh, was this something that you just learned on the job and uh, got some training had, with, with a company no, that hired you? No, I had no experience. I mean, I had a camera. <coughs> I had a little 
point and click camera and photography was never my passion. I mean, a lot of people, you've probably heard the saying before, are you a photographer who's gone into business or are you a business person who's gone into photography? I'm the latter. So uh, I don't, you know, dream lenses and f-stops and stuff like that. To me, it sounds crass to say it, but it was a money-making tool. But having said that, I do my the best job that I can. I try and pe treat people the best that I can so that they'll come back to me and recommend others. But really, my mindset is everything that I do uh, is just going to make me a buck. And I think if you're going to be successful in photography, you've got to think like that. Bernie will tell you that I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. So walk us through, you, you did this uh, photography job that you had to do door-to-door, -door, uh, basically sessions that you did outside of your clients' homes. When yep. did you decide that you wanted to have your own studio or work for yourself as opposed to this company that just basically gives you a bunch of numbers to call up and uh, say, this is your area? Was that your own business or uh, did you start that afterwards? No, what happened was I got married and I thought, boy, I'm away all the time banging on doors. I had to go and door knock the towns and I'd go back with my camera and take the photographs and I'd send the films back to Adelaide on the on a freight bus. And a week or so later, the proofs had come back to me. I'd have to sort them all out. And, and then I'd go back to the people with the proofs, lay them out on the table, uh, pull out my um, sales samples which had a large one which was a 10 by 12 inch one a a medium one which was an 8 by 10 inch one and a small one which was a 6 by 8, eight inch one and uh still today people will pick your middle so i sold lots of 10 by 8s occasionally i sold a really big one a 10 by 12 would you believe and uh <laughs> so i thought um i was getting married and i thought i can't be away from my wife now i'll have to um uh, and one of the local photographers had his business for sale. He photographed my uh, wedding. I chose him and he approached me. He said, would you like to buy my business? He said, I'll lend you the money myself. I just bought a house. I just got married, just bought a house. And then he wanted me to buy a, a business. And I thought, well, I can't afford it. But he said, I'll lend you the money myself at 5% interest. Now, I think in those days, interest rates were about 12%. So 5% was pretty attractive. So I did it. I bought his business and I thought, now I'll just sit on my backside and everybody will come to me. I won't have to do any marketing. People will just come and book me up for weddings and babies and it didn't happen. So uh, I nearly went broke. Uh, my best man at my wedding was an accountant. He said uh, he was doing my books. He said, do you want the good news or the bad news after my first year? He said, the good news is you don't pay any tax. And you know the bad news, don't you? Because <laughs> I'd made nothing. So um, I had to start door knocking again. And then I changed labs. And uh, the lab that I used, uh, changed to, had this whiz-bang American marketer called Gary Glenn. Hi, Gary, if you're listening. And uh, I know Bernie also was a, a disciple of Gary's. Yep. Weren't you, Bernie? I sure was. And... Uh, Gary taught us some marketing methods and uh, the basics of which I still run with today. They still work today. And um, 
So that's how I started doing what I do. After in the, the marketing plan that you had to change through, um, you're, you're still following that through. Has there been a lot of changes in your business over the years or basically follow the same model? Um, uh, look, I've got you started? My, most of my work. I've tried, look, I don't do um, Facebook marketing very well. I think I've got to learn how to tweak. So I want to add stuff in. I, I realize that you should have more than one uh, entry point for clients. And I do do my best. I, I've tried Facebook marketing. It's not, I don't do it that well. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm sure it does work. I've seen it work for other people. So I'm going to keep going with that, fiddling with it, trying to get it to work well. But look, basically I hold a shopping center display. I man it. I get three or 400 names in. I tell everybody as they fill out my entry form, you probably won't win it. There's hundreds of names in here, but I will offer you a, a photo shoot and a little one free, and then I'll try and flog you one. I tell them that straight out. And I say that with a smile in my voice. Uh, so people know. And um, so that's my basic, uh, that's my basic model. So Tony, that worked has worked very well for you over the years. And, uh, you know, uh, what surprised me a little bit is when I spoke to you well over a year ago, probably two years ago, when I visited your home studio, you were mentioning some fairly big sales. Um, tell us a little bit about those bigger sales that you did from just your normal average um, consumer. Well, one of Gary's, maxims were was you sell what you show do you remember that one bernie yep so when i uh when i teamed up with gary in the early 80s we changed our studio location we we eventually ended up in a home studio but i left the uh studio that the guy i bought it from had he'd been there since 1950 i moved around the corner and I went round and I modelled my studio on, uh, I went and visited some ritzy studios and I modelled my new studio on them. I probably made it look too expensive. Um, but anyway, I didn't display anything under a 20 by 24 inch portrait. That was my smallest size. And today still, basically that's what I do. Um, and... One of my salvations has been a company called PaySmart. Now, PaySmart are a direct debit company, and wherever you listen in the world, you'll have a direct debit company. But I used to get a lot of people who um, would have a photo shoot done, and I knew they were going to be able to afford much. And uh, often they'd say, can I give you $50 now and send you $50 every pension day? I think, oh, my goodness. Uh, but PaySmart has enabled me to widen my market to include low-income people because what they do is you can lay by your photographs and pay them off slowly. And um, it's at no cost to me. They've got, they've got an $11 setup fee. And when they do the monthly direct debit, uh, so they're doing $100 a month or something, uh, PaySmart add $2.95 to it, which the client pays. Uh, and they're used to doing that sort of thing. So um, now I've got a constant flow of, of dribbles. Every month I'll get, well, COVID's knocked the guts out of it, but it'll come back. I was getting about five grand a month extra 
just in pay smart payments. Okay. And, and then once it was paid off, but people love it. They say, Oh, can I lay by them? Yeah, sure you can. So um, to me, that's opened up what I call the, the bogan market. It's probably not very polite to say it. Um, but I know there are things like afterpay and all that. I don't know about that because there's a lot of interest attached to that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, so. pay, there's pay right and pay smart here in Australia. And so, but you, you, you were telling me you did four or $5,000 portrait sales. Uh, that wasn't unusual. It's not unusual. I don't look not, I mean, we probably average around two grand. Yeah. Okay. Um, the wonderful thing about digital is you can just shoot your head off. Like in the old days with film, every time I use the 120 roll films, only 10 clicks to a film and it cost me money to buy the film. It cost me money to get it developed. I used to get a set of four by five inch prints made and a set of slides so I can project the slides. It used to cost me, I reckon about four bucks every time I clicked potentially. Mm-hmm. cost me nothing now. I just love that little card. Up. When I wipe my card clean, I kiss it. And then I put it, I kiss my little card. I say, I love you. And I put you, put it back in my camera. Uh, <clears throat> so I shoot, I go crazy. When I do, I do mostly families because you'll get better orders from a family. If you're only photographing one person, if you're photographing a family, if they've got three kids, I encourage them to bring the family dog. I encourage them to bring the grandparents. So in a big family shirt, I do the family sitting down, the family walking along, holding hands, doing stuff, the kids together, the kids individually, the family with the dog, the dog on its own, the great, each set of the grandparents, the grandparents with the grandkids, the parents together, anything. We've got the place that we're at now, um, the people left all their, the, uh, their grandchildren's play equipment in our garden. There's monkey bars there. I've got the kids swinging off the monkey bars, hanging upside down. We're just going bananas so i click away so what i've done lately bernie which is working really well is i've said look most people there's so many here they pick their favorites we do it on um pro select okay and i said we'll just let the slideshow run through then you can pick your favorites and we stick all the favorites in the favorites column as do you use pro select hark yes i do okay so you're familiar with that <coughs> excuse me so we're left with say three family groups and we're often left with 12 other photographs. So I say, look, what most of people do. And then I say, you do whatever you like. You don't have to do what most people do. You do whatever you want to do. But what most people do is they make their family one, a main one. Oh yeah, that's what we do. So I say, which would, which of those ones would be a main one? Oh, that one over there. So we click on that. I say, well, well, most people hang that as their main one. And then rather than have a whole lot of, eight by tens everywhere, all over the mantelpiece and, you know, all over the place getting in the way. Often with the other ones, we'll put them in a collage. And so you can have them all in one frame in a collage. And and my wife's very good. Uh, Hey, uh, what's it called? ProSelect's got uh, in-house layouts, but they're pretty boring, to be honest. I think they're all just in a row. And I show them, I'll click them. This is boring. My wife does a much nicer job. I tell them she's arty farty, all right? She's a quilter. Uh, and she knows how to, she does, she's very good on collages. So she'll do a nice pattern, put a colour in between the images, put a border around each image. And I say, so that collage says $2,400. So I know it sounds a lot to say it like that, 
but there's 10 images there. And if you bought 10 $400 prints, you'd be up for four grand. Then you have to buy 10 $200 frames. You're up for six grand. I said, so 24s for the same thing as, you know, not too bad. And you've, then it's all manageable. It's in the one frame. So they, yeah, that's good. So add those two together, uh, two and a half for that, and maybe a couple of grand uh, for a standalone large wall portrait. They're spending about four and a half grand. Um, sometimes that's too much for them. And so we'll put the family one uh, in with the collage. And then they've still spent $2,400 with me. But um, I talk to people about, I, I, I try and precondition people. I say, go home. I said, I'll photograph for your wall. In the studio, if I photograph you in my studio, there's nothing to see. So I just photograph you from the waist up. Outdoors here, it's meant to look like a, a nice scenic painting. So go home and pick whereabouts on the wall you're going to hang it. So they come back to my sales appointment, knowing which wall they're going to put it on. So I've got them thinking wall, wall, wall all the time. Um, so, yeah, look, we, we get little we get little orders too, don't worry. We get no orders. They're the worst orders I get where they <laughs> order zero. We do get those. But, you know, we're averaging a couple of grand, I'd say. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Tony, I want to get off uh, business at this point in time. Sorry, mate. Yeah. We, it's all right. That was great. We've got a limited amount of time. But I want to tell the, the, the listeners some of your stories about visiting India and the slums in India as your pastoral work. And I remember the story that sticks in one of the stories sticks in my mind about you're in Nepal and you're going up and you, you stay in this really... Uh, you're not staying in five-star accommodation and this, you went up this one track in Nepal and you said you couldn't even get a donkey up there. You know, you had to walk and the villagers had to walk up there. Tell us a little bit about that particular um, stay that you had. Oh, well, I love, I love going to unusual places. Um, so when I go traveling, I mean, I like America, Canada, Huck. I mean, Canada's like Australia, except it's freezing cold. Um, but, in, the you know, in, in the winter, yeah. Uh, but I like to go, if I'm going somewhere, I want to go somewhere where it's completely different. So I found the subcontinent helps me there. Uh, but Nepal or Nepal, as they call it, that's the proper way to pronounce it. Uh, up in the hills, um, there's, it's not all hilly either, by the way. Uh, there's, there's actually tropical, tropical areas of Nepal, would you believe? I've never been there. But up in the hills, um, you can't take a, even a pack horse. Everything's got to be carried by a person. And it's nothing to see old ladies, little old wizened ladies uh, trudging up those steps with a big sack on their back full of food or whatever they're taking up to their village. They're tough people. And uh, they've never known anything different. Uh, the first trip I went to Nepal was with... Uh, the Fred Hollows Foundation. Um, that's uh, Fred Hollows Hark was an Australian eye surgeon who used to travel to Nepal and take cataracts off people's eyes. And then he'd teach the locals how to do those operations. And quite famous here in Australia. And, and they still sponsor trips, walking trips to Nepal, where uh, I think when we went, which was quite a while ago, we had to raise $6,000, 3,000 went to the trip and 3,000 went to their eye clinic. So 
uh, yeah, it's all, there's, there's no, in those little villages, everything started walking. And uh, I can remember one time, uh, maybe the trip Bernie's talking about, this was not with Fred Hollis, with our church thing. My guide, a guy called Chandra, he's a great guy. He said, well, take a shortcut to this next village. So in the end, he got lost. I said, this is a great shortcut, Chandra. You don't even know where you are, do you? <laughs> so in there, this little guy with a red beanie appeared and uh, he showed us where to go. I call, call him God's angel in a red hat. And uh, so Chandra said, you see that pine tree up there? There was these basically vertical steps. You've just got to walk up. You see that pine tree up there, halfway up the hill? I said, yeah. He said, that's where the village is. So we trudged up and up and up. It was just about killing me. We got to that tree. I said, there's no village here. Chandra, said, no, not that tree. He said, pointed to another one, that tree up. Anyway, finally, <coughs> excuse me, we got there. There's a little mud house. Went into the house. I had a fire burning on the dirt floor in the middle of the house, just putting sticks on it. I was the honoured guest, so they killed a chook and plucked it. And they had it on a stick, turning it over the fire, turning it like this. And when they gave me my mix of my little bowl of rice gruel and chicken meat, there was a big chicken claw in it. I think the honoured guest got the claw. And, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? So when nobody was looking, I took the claw out and sat on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, they were great times. And the whole place was full of smoke and... Then I had to share uh, a little Bible teaching uh, with the villagers there. So it's lovely. I just love those things. They so appreciate you coming. Um, so that's that. Those those are the sort of things I love to do. I can't wait to go back there. Yeah, I know it's it's something you love, and I just want to move from that uh, as well because uh, you know the listeners probably don't um, realize uh, you're such a international sort of uh, quiz person and have appeared many times on Australian TV in quiz shows. Oh, I, I have. I've really. tried to build you up a bit there, Tony. I, <laughs> I don't know whether I overdid it, but uh, just tell us about your quiz appearances. Uh, well, I'm a frustrated TV star, I think. See, So um, my son, Paul, went on this thing called Pass the Buck with John Burgess. Do you know, remember John Burgess? Yep, yep. So he got, right, <coughs> he got right down to the finals and got beaten at the post. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so I said to Paul, I'm going to go on that show and whip your butt, boy. I said, I'll come right through and show you what a, what a you know, idiot you are. So I went on past the back and I got gonged off on the second question. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought, this is fun. So we've got uh, who wants to be a millionaire or it's called millionaire hot seat. I think you've got it in Canada, haven't you, Hark? Yes, we do. Well, it used it's to be in Canada, Indian. but it, it's yeah, not a Canadian slum. show, but it's an American show. Yeah, well, it's, it's okay. So I went on millionaire hot seat and it's really, it's just a matter of luck. You're in the right seat when the last question's asked, which fortunately I was, and I won $20,000 on that. That was an easy $20,000. And so I thought, ah, oh, now we'll go on Family Feud. And uh, my family didn't want to be on it. <laughs> so, so you had to rent, rent a family? <laughs> no, I didn't rent a family. I put the guilt trip on them. I said to my son, boy, 
remember how I paid for all of your meals when you were a kid and brought you up and took you on holiday. And now all I'm asking you to do is anyway. So I, I manipulated him, him and his wife and my wife had to come on it in the end. So uh, we, if you, if you win five nights in a row, you win a car. We won four nights in a row. We bombed out in the last one, but we still came away with, I think $13,000. So we blew that. The 20 grand, excuse <coughs> me, the 20 grand I invested, Bernie, you'll be happy with me. I thought, I'm not going to blow this. <laughs> so I invested, I bought shares, some good solid shares. They're still growing in value. Great. Probably worth 50 grand by now, I'd hope. Wow. Who knows? Um, but we blew, uh, we I said, let's blow this money. So we went to Thailand, went to Phuket and uh, blew that money. And then I, I went on this thing called The Chase. It's my latest thing, which I kind of uh, feel a bit ashamed of. So I didn't really publicize that, but I did. Are you familiar with The Chase, Hark? No, I'm not. Nope. It's in Canada. I know the first time I saw it was in Toronto, but I was oh, at my, what my daughter's in-laws there. So, but I did okay in that I, I answered enough questions to get back to the desk and then they have what's called the final chase and we were pretty abysmal and that. So we didn't win anything. So we came away with nothing. So anyway, there we are. So I've been on three quiz shows and famous. Uh, I sent all of the quiz masters, one of my, uh, portrait office. You'll be pleased to know, Bernie. <laughs> Good work, yeah. I um, did know. Forever a salesman. I am. I, that's really. I think I am. I'm a. I like. I love to sell things. I do. <laughs> you do, um, and and that's a fact. So um, th those. Um, obviously, you live a, a fairly uh, busy life in a in a casual way, and uh, the pandemic certainly is. Uh, kept you grounded right you must be very frustrated at present uh, look we bought i decided to semi-retire last year we um changed our super from income uh from building you know uh, capital yeah. gain to income producing <coughs> and uh so just to draw a line under it we sold where we were you haven't been to our new place yet bernie i love it mm -hmm. And uh, we downsized a little bit. And I'm right up here, right on the ridge, what's called Ridge Road in Mount Dandenong. I look right up the Yarra Valley. Uh, I can see the airstrip from here. Uh, beautiful view. The lights of Lilydale at night twinkle down in the valley below us. And um, so we had a lovely spot to be iced, to be COVID restricted in. And our nice prime minister was paying me a uh, job keeper which uh, we only got one, but 750 bucks a week it started at. And uh, basically we couldn't do anything. We just walked, had our, went out to our local coffee shop like we do every day, walked our dogs there. Uh, couldn't sit down. That was the, you know, we like to sit down and socialise there. But so, but still, in other words, in, in many ways, I quite enjoyed the lockdown. Yeah, and it's been like that for... Uh you know most of us we've we've certainly uh sat through it so to speak so yeah well look if i had i've got four children they're all grown and got their own children now but if i was having to provide for my whole family and i've got no mortgage or anything like that which is wonderful uh but if i had a mortgage and i had a lot of kids and everything mm. i would have felt a lot more pressured so um it, it was frustrating in that 
um, our local, our Premier, uh, I think he was a bit heavy-handed in some of his lockdown things, but uh, well, other than that... I was going to say, coming from that, we're still in a lockdown and uh, same uh, situation that we started last year. And uh, I don't think uh, it's going to be ending anytime soon for us, uh, but that's life and uh, we go on. Anyhow, I'm just looking at the time, Tony. We're coming towards the end of our uh, podcast. And uh, this is sort of the time um, Bernie uh, is going to put you in the hot seat. Uh, he's going to fire uh, rapid fire questions at you. There's got to be one word uh, answer uh, questions. And uh, if you get them all right, uh, Bernie's got a special prize waiting for you. Uh, Bernie, I yeah. keep throwing <laughs> these back at you. you. You've given me enough uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough uh, heart attacks in the past but hopefully uh, yeah well I, I, i'll give tony you another one yeah hopefully yeah, tony, tony makes it through this time yeah tony the, the the thing is you're you're very adapted being on quiz shows but you've never faced me as a quiz master before and uh, these have to be one answers one word answers right and there's a big prize here because at the end of this year, 2021, uh, we're organizing uh, with my clients that I coach in their photography business. Uh, we're having a three-day retreat in Texas at the end of the year. And uh, the prize, if you can answer all of these questions with just one word, is for a fully paid trip to Texas. Uh, that's going to be a luxury all the way. Hawks paying for it all. You'll get three nights accommodation. Um, we might be we great. might have to uh, bunk together, but <laughs> the only, the only but, thing. Well, but, but Bernie, all of my answers are right. Whether you think they're right or not, that's another thing. But anyway, so anyway, here we go. Just to finish off, uh, favorite alcoholic drink. Don't drink. Uh, so you failed, Tony. It's the one word answer. Oh, okay. Let's start again. Favorite alcoholic drink. No, we wine. can't start again. This is not oh, that type Bernie. of show, but I'm going to keep going. What animal are you afraid of? Lion. Favorite city in the world? Sydney. What, what, uh, what sport do you play? Swim. If you could have dinner with one person, uh, either living or dead, who would it be? Queen Elizabeth II. Favourite movie? A castle. Favourite camera you've ever owned? Canon DX Mark II. Would you like to relive your life, yes or no? No. Favourite food? Curry. What are you allergic to? Pumpkin. What's your favourite animal? Dog. Who would you like to be if you weren't you? Santa Claus. If you hadn't, <laughs> if you hadn't been a photographer, what would you like to have been? Australia's greatest radio announcer. What is your motivation to get out of bed every morning? Hello. Yes, I'm thinking of a one-word answer. My one-word answer is, I don't want to say money, that sounds so crass. Uh, <laughs> I like finance, that. Finance. finance. Yeah. All right, Tony, thanks for that. <laughs> Fantastic. But I haven't failed, have I, Bernie? I'm yeah, on that you trip, did. No, I'm you're not on the trip. Now, listen, wine, <laughs> if I've got a drink, I don't mind red wine once it gets past my taste buds, but uh, 
Michael, does Michael Warshall listen to this podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, he should because he places his whiskey photos every day. Oh, yeah, single and malt. whiskey tastes like model aeroplane fuel. <laughs> there you go. Don't just don't tell him that. I um, have. <laughs> you haven't. So, so have I. <laughs> maybe, um, <laughs> maybe we'll have him as a guest sometime <laughs> in the near future. It should be interesting. Michael would be an interesting guest. Yes, he would. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. Uh, I think um, what what I will do, I'll contact you in the next couple of days. Maybe we have you as a guest uh, with a, a group sessions of the photographers that I coach and uh, you could give them some insights into longevity in the industry after 40 years. Yeah, that's good. I, I like doing stuff like that. And look, yeah. Bernie, um, feel free to send me a ticket to Texas anyway. Even if I got the first yeah, question. Yeah, no, we'll, you will get an invite uh, and uh, we may have you on as speaker. <laughs> if we have you on as one of our speakers, we There's actually a, a photographer. There's a photographer called Wayne Rawson. He's retired now, but he we've always wanted to meet. We used to talk to each other. He's okay. in um, Missouri. Missouri. Okay, well, okay. That's, that's, that's great. He um, calls me his Australian cousin. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass you over to Hark to close, but Tony, thanks, and uh, I'll catch up with you. We'll uh, maybe go to a Swans game somewhere. Oh, come on. I'm going Seen on as... first tomorrow night. Come on, Bernie, get on the burner and come up and watch the Swans Kane Essendon. Oh, that should be a good game. It's going to be a goodie. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. I'll pass Tony. you over. Thanks, Tony, to Hark to close off. Thanks, Tony, thanks, uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, today. Uh, is there a website or uh, any other uh, social media sites that you want to point our listeners to? Oh, I've got a website, Tony, Tony Rawson, R-A-W-S-O-N, photography.com.au, and I'm on Facebook. Thank you very much. We're going to look it up uh, again. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in uh, Bernie's group one of these days. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.